hello there and yo ho ho and uh, happy Christmas, uh, happy holidays, merry fucking whatever to you. It is in time for some movie bollocks. Now, I know there's been quite a few movie bollocks recently. Now, well, it makes sense, doesn't it? Ultimately, fair few of you are going to be spending some time indoors you are going to be watching TV over Christmas. There's a lot of rubbish around. There's a lot of shit around. And maybe I can steer you towards something that might be a little bit more enjoyable. Or maybe I'll steer you to something that you absolutely hate and you're going to slag me off on social media for even liking it. But, you know, either way, it should be a laugh, shouldn't it? Hey! So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's get stuck into this list. Okay, it starts with a movie I forgot to mention last time that I, that, that I saw, and this is called All Is True. It is written by Ben Elton. It is directed by Kenneth Branagh. It stars Kenneth Branagh, Judy Dench, Ian McKellen, and it it's kind of, I don't know, if you were to extract what this movie was like already from just what I've told you, the fact, a look at the final days in the life of renowned playwright William Shakespeare... And it's directed by Branagh, written by Elton, stars Branagh, Dench, McKellen. I mean, you can probably gather what it's like already. I found it difficult to get past how um, Kenneth Branagh looks in this movie because, frankly, he looks ridiculous. He is supposed to look like Shakespeare. or And it just... Yeah. Um, as a movie, um, I just found it uneventful. It doesn't really go anywhere. It's very much Kenneth Branagh's love letter to William Shakespeare. And to be honest, it's not, an, it, it, it's not a relationship I'm interested in. Um, Branagh's relationship with Shakespeare. In fact, Shakespeare in general. Um, yeah, it just seems to be a fairly dull, boring man. Fairly dull, boring movie. Some people pop by and are, are all right. I mean, it says Ian McKellen's in it. I mean, he's in it for seconds, really. Um it was just, for me, it was just a bit of a non-event. It was just a big old fat meh. So, yeah, that's it, really. Um, next up was a movie that was inspired to check this out by the lovely podcast, which is A Year in Horror, ho- A Year in Horror, uh, by the inimitable uh, Paul Waller. He of Different Times Podcast as well. Well, we're going to be doing some stuff on Patreon for our patrons about movies and just having a chat once a month about a particular movie. Um, And whilst listening to A Year in Horror, um, we came past the movie Monster and they, they reviewed it on there and I thought, you know what, I really should, you know, give a watch of that. So it's Charlie's Thron, for that is how it's pronounced. She is South African. Christina Ricci um, and Bruce Dern. It is, for those of you that don't know about it, you know, it's, it it's came out in 2003. Uh, Charlize Theron won the Oscar for it. It's of a, a true story of a female serial killer. And boy, what a brutal movie. And what an Oscar-winning lead role. But also, Christina Ricci is absolutely wonderful in this movie. She really, really is. Bearing in mind that, you know, her career at this this point was a little bit all over the place. It is just brutal. It's a a beautiful study of a relationship of two people who are just completely lost in life. They just 
really don't know who they are or what what they're doing with themselves but you know it was heartbreaking brutal and brilliant monster definitely worth checking out now army of one army of one stars nicholas cage and i'd never heard of it and i thought you know what i can't believe that i've never heard of this and it sounded quite amusing um, after a personal visit by God himself, the eccentric construction worker Guy Faulkner takes the decision to embark on an adventure in the badlands of Pakistan to bring Al-Qaeda's leader Osama bin Laden to justice. Yeah, it's true. Now, here's one of the reasons why I couldn't get on with this film. You're about to hear the the voice that Nicolas Cage thought would be a good idea to go for go with for the whole movie. So many fantasies about you in high school. I must have gone through about a hundred boxes of Kleenex. That is actually the voice that he goes with for the whole movie, right? If you thought that was somehow like just representational, no, no, no. That is exactly the fucking voice. So let's just say I could not get on with that at all. It was doing my brain in very quickly. And the thing is, you haven't heard the best bit yet. Yeah. Remember, after a personal visit by God himself, well, God visits him a few times during the movie. And God is played by none other than Russell fucking Brand. I rest my case. I cease to speak of this movie anymore. And that is a very rare bad review of a, of a Nick Cage film, as far as I'm concerned. But let's move on, shall we? Because next up, it was The One I Love. Now, I found this kicking around on Amazon um, Prime. It's worth, it's worth checking out. It stars um, uh, Elizabeth Moss, Ted Danson and Mark Duplass. Now, you'll know Mark Duplass. You'll have seen him in a lot of things. I'm trying to think what you might have seen him in, but um, nothing springs to mind at the moment. Um, hopefully, there'll be a, I'll get some I'll get some clues off IMDb. Now, the thing about this um, about this movie is I I I hadn't heard of it. I wasn't aware of it. Um, so I just kind of dived in. The logline is a troubled couple vacate a beautiful gateway. Uh, sorry. A troubled couple vacate to a beautiful getaway. I mean, you wouldn't relocate to a gateway, would you? And it's obviously getaway, but fuck me, I'm just so retarded. Anyway, but bizarre circumstances further complicate their situation. That, I would say, this movie is, is for me, I enjoyed it. I would say it's worth a watch, but you might not. But it is kind of, it's a movie about relationships. It is... It is odd. It keeps you on your toes. You're never quite sure what's happening or where it's going or how it's going to end. So it's a bit of a mystery. There's not really any violence in there. There's, it's, yeah, it's a, it's one that will keep you thinking and it's enjoyable and it's 90 minutes. And what is not to like about Mark Duplass, who you will recognise from some stuff that I can't find, um, Elizabeth Moth, Ted Danson, you're laughing. So there you go. That's called The One I Love. Now, the next one, this is possibly going to make it into my top 10 of the year. I would say probably almost certainly I enjoyed this so 
fucking much. See how they run. One hour and 38 minutes in the West End of the 1950s London, plans for a movie version of the smash hit um, Agatha Christie play The Mousetrap come to an abrupt halt after a pivotal member of the crew is murdered. <laughs> this film is so much fun. It is untrue. Um, wonderful, wonderful cast as well. Some wonderful performances. Um, I mean, I'm going to go through in, and read them out, right? Ruth Wilson's in it. Ree Shearsmith is in it. Adrian Brody is in it, although not for that long. Sam Rockwell is in it. Tim Key is in it. Um, David Oluwelo is in it. I've done, I think, fair job of pronouncing that, but my apologies if he's listening, which he isn't, let's face it. Um, and Sam Rockwell in the lead role. And it is, it is absolutely... I, I just loved it. I absolutely loved it. Um, the tagline is the greatest murder ever staged. Straight off the bat, it's got all of the cliches, but they're so brilliantly done and brilliant acting in this film. It's superbly written. It is superbly written. And all you just feel like you're in on it or you're not in on it or you think you know who did it, then you don't know who did it. Everybody in it is is at some point under your suspicions. Oh, I can't believe that I left out. I can't believe that I met. I I, I left out uh, one of the main stars in this film. She is absolutely brilliant. Um, and that is sorry. I'm scooting down to find out. Um, Saoirse Ronan as Constable Stalker. Her and Sam Rockwell as the lead solving couple are fantastic and the Saoirse Ronan I don't remember seeing her in anything comedy before but she's superb in this she really is um great movie really enjoyed it just just a, a really great Christmas movie if you can find it streaming anywhere um I'm not sure where it you know when it's coming out to stream or anything like that but really enjoyed it definitely one to watch with all the family at Christmas instead of the usual bollocks that'll be on next up do you know what? Everything I said about that, I could probably say about this next film. The Lost King. The true story of an amateur historian who defied the stodgy academic establishment in her efforts to find the body of King Richard III's remains, which were lost for over 500 years. It's a true story, directed by Stephen Frears, written by Stephen Coogan, Steve Coogan and Philippa Langley. Um and Jeff Pope stars Sally Hawkins and um, Steve Coogan is really really good in a, a very different kind of role for him because it's it's more of a sort of secondary role um, but he's really good in it Sally Hawkins is brilliant as the lead and it's it, it, it is the story that you heard on the news all those years ago someone found Richard III buried under a car park and this is the story of it and it's it's fantastic. It's kind of unbelievable in a brilliantly believable kind of way. Really enjoyed it. And again, one for all the family if you can find that streaming somewhere. Next up, definitely not one for all the family. Definitely available on your um, uh, uh, on Netflix is uh, a movie called The Wonder. Now, The Wonder is just absolutely again this one kept me 
wandering all the way through. It really did. And um, it stars Florence Pugh, she, who is absolutely brilliant in this, by the way, I might add. Um, and it's really, it's quite simple premise. A tale of two strangers who transform each other's lives, a psychological thriller and a story of a love pitted against evil. Basically, Florence Pugh arrives in um, backwards, very old, very famine hit um, island. She arrives as a nurse to witness a child who it said has eaten no food for a number of weeks but remains okay and she's she's deemed a miracle so that she's been asked to come and basically keep an eye on the girl and see how it pans out um and how it pans out over the course um of the one hour and 48 minutes is just brilliant it's well done the acting again is top notch this one is definitely it's not a christmas movie and yeah don't be saying to gran and granddad oh check this out not that it's not that it's um like gruesome or anything like that or there's loads of swearing in it but it's um oh, yeah you'll feel it once you once once you've watched it another movie that you may well feel once you've watched it is a movie called smile now, Smile is an 18. It's after witnessing a bizarre traumatic incident involving a patient, Dr. Rose Cotter starts experiencing frightening occurrences that she can't explain. Rose must confront her troubling past in order to survive and escape her horrifying new reality. This is a horror film, absolutely. Um, she's a nurse. Somebody comes in, freaks out in front of her, kills herself. Um, and then, but, but she's smiling as she does it and says that she keeps seeing people who smile. And then starts happening to her now strictly speaking that spoiler but to be honest strictly speaking that is all over and done with within the first 15 minutes of the fucking film so don't blame me all right um i enjoyed it up to a point i thought it was over long i you know it was all right i mean i'm seeing some of the quotes gnarly mind-bending i i, I maybe i've seen too many movies but it, it was none of those things for me um it's a horror film that's really well done. Um, maybe I'm just hard to scare because I'm actually looking at the trailer now and there's some properly fucking scary scenes in it. So, um, yeah, I might have got, I got that one a little bit wrong. A little bit wrong. Um, next up, Anora, an Anora, another horror film. And this one is also available. Um, is it on? I think it's on. I think it's on Netflix or Amazon. Not quite sure. Actually, I think it's on Amazon, and that's the movie X. Um, it is in 1979. A group of young filmmakers set out to make an adult film in rural Texas, but when their reclusive elderly hosts catch them in the act, uh, the cast find themselves fighting for their lives. Um, some notable performances, um, mainly by General Ortega, as far as I'm concerned. I've got to be honest, I found this a struggle to stick with. Um, it's, I mean, it's an hour 45. An hour in, pretty much, is the setup. And if you, if you, if, if you like the characters that much, if you engage with it that much after an hour, then I'm sure you'll, you'll enjoy the movie. But for me, an hour 45, I'm watching a horror film. I'm an hour in now. 
I would fucking like some horror and some action. I've seen more shagging. I've seen more porn than horror so far in this porn movie. And it's been on a fucking hour horror film. Sorry. So anyway, yeah, not exactly going to watch the prequel because it's a bit that was, it was a bit meh for me, if I'm honest. It's a bit meh. And now to something. Uh, actually, no, I've got, got some good reviews coming up. So now something that's another fucking bit meh. My name is Vendetta. It is on Netflix. In the description on Netflix, it tells you that this movie made it into the top 10 in 91 countries around the world. All I can say is those 91 countries have obviously never had a, an action chase movie ever released in their country before. And that's why this did, this did really well. A more procedural, run-of-the-mill, forgettable Italian thriller it is not possible to think of. I mean, it's perfectly well made. It's well acted. It is, the action is fine. But you just don't give a shit at any point because it's fucking obvious what's going to happen. It's obvious what the next scene is. It's obvious what happens in the scene. It's obvious what's going to happen in this. You can literally tick the scenes off before they come on screen. It is so fucking average. So dull. So lifeless. So unoriginal. It is untrue. After old enemies kill his family, a former mafia enforcer and his feisty daughter flee to Milan where they hide out while plotting their revenge. Yeah, that's the whole fucking movie there, folks. 90 minutes, well described. Right there. There is not one single thing that ha happens outside of that description. Thoroughly fucking average. You might, you know, if you're feeling a bit hungover or, you know... You're just bloated and can't move from the TV and you want a bit of mindless um, action, go for it. But to be honest, yeah, fucking meh, big time. Now, let's roll it. Let, let's, let's roll towards the end in style. Next up, um, I think it's our... Actually, do you know what? I'm not sure what it's on. Um, I think it might be on Disney. And that is a documentary called God forbid and um it comes in at nearly two hours it's this true story of Giancarlo Granda former pool attendant at the uh, Fontainebleau hotel shares the intimate details of his seven-year relationship with a charming older woman Becky Falwell and her husband the evangelical Trump stalwart Jerry Falwell Jr yeah true story it's a documentary. It is amazing the fucking bullshit these guys used to pull off. Um, and this guy has his moment in the sun. He is able to basically tell his story about some of the very, very powerful people that, that he mixed with and who thought could just run his life and had absolutely no thought, whatso thought or care whatsoever would happen to him. They were just out for themselves. Absolutely brilliant. If you hate TV evangelism, this is a must. And if you love TV evangelism, this is why everybody hates it, you fucking idiot. Next up, on Netflix, available now, either select, um, either select 
English audio or watch it with the Norwegian subtitles as I did. But I'll tell you what, Troll on Netflix was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, clocks in at 1 hour 40. And the beauty of this movie is it's a minimum two-hour movie if it's coming out of the States. But it's coming out of Norway. And within eight minutes, we've established there may be a fucking troll on the loose, right? It's, there is no messing about with this movie at all. It, And that's what really appealed to me. The pacing is perfect it's just scene 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 every scene is relevant and you know even there's i just really enjoyed it now i was very much in the mood for this film and it's all about what you bring to a movie so look if you're thinking hey oh i'm, I'm gonna check that out because it's supposed to be really good i said i really enjoyed it i didn't say it's really good some of you might watch it and go like well it's just totally predictable and you slagged other films off for being predictable that i did and it is fairly predictable, but it just plays everything out so well. The performances are good. The dialogue is good. You're not kept wondering about, or you know, oh, what does it look like? You know, they don't, they don't do any of the usual mistakes. And the biggest mistake that would have made this a two-hour film if it came out of Hollywood is there is no fucking um, romantic subplot. There isn't. Okay, there's a little bit, there's a little bit of um, uh, a um, a reunification of two people, but there, and and that and anyway, look, I really enjoyed it. It's nothing majorly original, but yeah, great fun. And now I did not expect to be saying what I'm going to say about this next movie, but I watched Terrifier Two the other day, and I. Uh, it is two hours and 18 minutes. Now, horror films are not over two hours. All films, like I said, I, I'm a big fan of 90 minutes. Um, horror films, though, no way should they be this long. Except this one. The one, there's always one that breaks the rule, or rather, you know, proves the rule. And this is the one. What a movie really really enjoyed it it's kind of set in the in the 80s um everybody literally everybody in it is good i, I mean and there's there's the guy who plays the clown the vet the lead actor i mean it, he is fantastic shout out to david howard thornton because his performance really is absolutely superb i mean it, it, he is just oh terrifying terrifying um funny that because that's what it's called everybody else is wonderful in it um uh jenna cannell lauren uh lavera kaylee hyman catherine unfortunate name i mean just everybody mom that they like the mom in the movie is fucking awesome she is fucking brilliant um uh and um at one point she says to her son she's like now now get ready for school and he was like oh do i have to go in today and she says what did i just say it's just and it's just really funny at the time honestly um wow just wow yeah 
um, you could be you could be forgiven for thinking that this movie was just going to be a slasher. Now it is absolutely fucking gruesome in places, um, and um, at two hours eighteen, it shouldn't work. It does. I absolutely it blew me away. Blew me away. I was I was laughing at how much I was enjoying it. It was that good. Um, but do temper your expectations because not everyone's the same and you might see it and it might be horrific for you. But for me, well, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it so much. I then went and watched Terrifier and guess what? It's nowhere near as good. Uh, it's all right. It's functional. Some scenes are better than others. Some scenes you're like, oh my God, you really had no money, didn't you? One that springs to mind is a scene that's supposed to be in a morgue. And it's frankly, it's just, it's just in like, it's just in the back of a shop or something. I mean, it's like, you know, they've hung some posters up of body parts and, and like skeletons. Um, but it's like, there's no fridges in this morgue. There's just filing cabinets. So I would imagine it's going to be a bit smelly. Anyway, I'm taking a piss. Um, yeah, I, I, to be honest, having watched Terrifier 2, um, no need to bother with Terrifier 1, honestly. Um, and it's also, weirdly, not linked in any way. So if you think you're going to watch Terrifier 2, oh, I'll go back, watch 1, and, like, find out what they were talking about. Turns out what they were talking about in 2, the backstory, plot, all the rest. Yeah, that's not in the first film. So fuck knows, that must be laying the, uh, laying the, the, the track for Terrifier 3. And I am on the station awaiting the arrival of that fucker very much. Now, it's on to TV series. Okay, it is now time for TV series. Okay, have you got enough time to watch these programmes? First up was The Old Man. Now, this, um, I'm not sure who made it. Oh, it's Disney over here. It stars Jeff Bridges, um... Uh, John uh, Jonathan uh, John Lithgow Jonathan John Lithgow is also in it um and I I yeah I really really enjoyed this um some great performances throughout actually um including the um uh, the lady who goes on the well I don't want to give too much away actually that's that's definitely heading towards spoilers but basically everybody is 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 good in this um I really enjoyed it. I really, really, really enjoyed it. Um, there's just monster acting going on all the time. And, you know, it's just fantastic. Six, sorry, seven episodes in total, is it? Yeah. Yep. Um, seven episodes in total. I really, really enjoyed it. The the I, I've said that a couple of times, actually. I will actually explain why. Um, the premise is... A retired CIA agent is hunted by both the agency he once worked for and his own nightmares when an unknown man suddenly visits him after nearly three decades. Now, again, that might sound what I've accused other things of, you know, oh, I've heard all that before. Yeah, exactly. But it's it's in the execution that that is what that's what's important. You know, you can take the dullest of concepts, but if you do it well and everybody is good, it will rise above that's why this gets nearly eight on imdb really enjoyed it the old man worth checking out next up 
my favourite TV show of 2022. And that is the easily track-downable and watchable SAS Rogue Heroes. What a fucking... Oh, what a, what a movie. What a series. Absolutely loved it. Seven episodes that absolutely just smashed me to pieces. Um, just absolutely wonderful. Absolutely fucking wonderful. Um, the performances in it are amazing. Uh, if any of you know about it, it's created by Stephen Wright. Um, sorry, Stephen Knight, who's responsible for Peaky Blinders. It's a little bit Peaky Blindery, as in there's contemporary music and the soundtrack. ACDC and Motorhead, what's not to fucking like? The... Uh, the cast is brilliant. SAS Rogue Heroes charts the creation of the famed Special Forces unit based on the book by Ben McIntyre. And at the beginning of each episode, it says, based on true stories, the most unlikely, um, the most unlikely parts of this are true. Brilliant performances by Connor Swindells, Jack O'Connell, who's amazing in it, Jacob Ifan, Sophia Butella is wonderful, Corin Silver, Tom Barnett, Will Breslin, Kitburn. I, I want to literally mention everybody because everybody is awesome in it. Um, people who I haven't mentioned yet that you may have heard of, Dominic West is in it. Um, it just, I loved it. The one thing I think that it, I liked about it more than anything else and why it appealed so much to me is that nobody, nobody in this series connected with the SAS gives a fuck or does what they're told. It is just um, an example of just arrogance, bravado, genius, you name it, or good old fashioned gumption as they called it back then. Just a fantastic series, it's fantastic. Action, laughs, you name it. SAS, Rogue Heroes, loved it. Tell you what I didn't like so much. Um, 1899, on Netflix. Um, Multi-international immigrants travelling from the old continent to the new encounter, a nightmarish riddle aboard a second ship adrift on the open sea. And what a riddle, what a mission. For at least three or four episodes... It had me absolutely. But then it starts dragging. And then you start thinking, um, yeah, okay, this is all fascinating about this character and that character and all the rest of it. But hello, what happened to the main story? What happened to actually telling us what the fuck is going on here? Uh, and that really got on my nerves. Really got on my nerves. And yeah, I tapped out. So, sorry, you know, but there was eight episodes. I tapped out after about five, I think, because I just felt like it was taking the piss. It wasn't going anywhere. It wasn't getting any further with the major, major mystery. And we were it was just travelling around the ship, delving into everybody's individual mysteries. And I was like, yeah, this isn't what you sold me. You had, you know, you've, you've sold me on this big mystery. And now that's what, that's a fucking sideshow. And then, nah, balls to this. So, yeah, pacing did for me, I'm afraid. Now, I'm afraid I've got mad, more, bad, but more bad news for you, okay? I'm now going to review TV show on Netflix, eight episodes, The Watcher. 
Um, like me, you may be watching it because Naomi Watts is in it. Bobby Cannavale is in it. Mia Farrow is is in it. And she never does anything these days, right? Um, uh, you know, Terry Kinney. There's, uh, there's lots of really cool um, actors. Jennifer, Co- Jennifer Coolidge is in it. There's loads of really cool people pop up. And he's like, right, okay. Now, this is the premise. In case you haven't already watched it on Netflix, a married couple moving into their dream house are threatened by terrifying letters from a stalker signed The Watcher, based on a true story. Now, I enjoyed this. I enjoyed many episodes of this. But I am now going to give out a massive fucking spoiler. So, if you have not watched The Watcher yet on Netflix, eight episodes, my suggestion would be that you forward a few seconds because I am now going to reveal a major plot spoiler in three, two, one. In the last episode, you find out that the case of The Watcher, based on the true story, the case is still open. Nobody knows who The Watcher is, despite the fact that you watch fucking eight whole fucking cunting episodes expecting to find out who actually fucking did it. They even, they've even realised what a fuck-up it is because they throw an ending in there that isn't an ending and also disproved. So it's worse. Not only do you get no ending, they give you an ending, then disprove that ending because it's a load of bollocks and then actually tell you that there is no ending and that, yeah, case is still open. So if you, if you still want to watch it, you go for it. Personally, I think I've done you a service, but there you go. Anyway, um, ah, now up onto the terminal list on Amazon. Stars um, Chris Pratt, a former Navy SEAL um, officer, investigates why his entire platoon was ambushed during a high-stakes um, covert mission. This TV program was fucking superb. Chris Pratt is superb in it. Um, Taylor Kitsch is in it. There's loads of other people in it. It's brilliantly made. Um, one of those other people being Jan, um, uh, Jan Triplehorn, who I like in pretty much everything that she's in. Um, it's action. It's basically Chris is going to find out what the fuck's gone on, who sold him down the river, which one of these baths... Now, again, it sounds like a load of cliches that you've seen and heard before. But again, I will say, it's so well done. There's a couple of episodes which are worthy of Hollywood movie action scenes. There is some brutal action in this. At times, there's a couple of episodes, though, there's things that reminded me of the absolute classic that is First Blood. Um, this does not hold back. This does not pull its punches. And if you're watching the first episode and you're thinking, well, yeah, this all seems a fairly normal so far, they up the ante towards the end of the first episode that makes you realise the rest of the series is going to fucking be a little bit high octane because he's well and truly motivated. So, yeah, definitely worth, definitely worth a watch if you're into that kind of thing. If not, then no, it's not. More violence can be had by watching 
gangs of London. If you've got Sky, it's on there. Now, there's two series out. I haven't watched any of it. I thought I'd, I'd give it a go. I'm about halfway through season one. Now, what I will say is... Um, I can't find a single character in it that I like at the moment. So that may well do for Gangs of London for me because I pretty much think even there is a good person in it and I'm not really bothered about them. Um, it's, it's, I mean, if you're expecting anything original, if you're expecting in anything like that, I mean, it, it kind of comes across like it's trying to be a modern um, Peaky Blinders to me, in which case it should just be called murderous cockneys um and at times it's it does seem to be a bit over the top at times you're kind of like oh you know come on so yeah i don't know i I kind of feel like you need a bit of a sense of of, of humor sometimes but having said that i watched an episode the other day that had a 25 minute shootout and it was absolutely brilliant it really, really was. It was absolutely brilliant. Um, so it's it's really had it. It's had its moments, and I'm sticking with there. <laughs> I'm like halfway through the first series, and still sort of kind of on the fence. So anyway, now it's the Devil's Hour, the final final review. Six episodes on Amazon Prime, the Devil's Hour. There is a chance you will not figure out what's going on. Stars Jessica Rain, who's brilliant in this. Um, Peter Capaldi and Nikesh Patel those three are the main three in it and they're all excellent Um, no spoilers whatsoever this will keep you on your toes and keep you not wondering what's going to happen but more wonder what is happening now that might sound a little bit cryptic but it's 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 that kind of program you will be engaged you will wonder what the fuck is going on you will get confused some of you will get annoyed and leave it some of you it will just draw you in but either way i enjoyed it that's all i'm gonna say i enjoyed it and there you have it there you have the end of this particular episode of movie bollocks just a quick one but again i wanted to get some stuff in there that maybe might appeal over christmas and some of it might not but believe you and me i am all oh do you know what i'm going to see avatar 2 over christmas and i can't fucking wait i went to see avatar when it was re-released at the cinema re-released yeah as in a few weeks ago i went to see avatar and um do you know what brilliant loved it absolutely loved it i'm totally i'm i'm down with the smurfs that's all i can say anywho Have a lovely uh, holiday period, festive period, whatever you're doing, take it easy. Love to you and yours, and I'll speak to you all next year.